Welcome to Grown Up Kids, a Disney podcast. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello and welcome to episode 66 of Grown Up Kids. This episode is sponsored by Brenna. Thank you, Brenna. Thank you, Brenna. Today we are being joined by two of our favorite people from all the way across the pond. Say hello once again to Claire and Eddie. Hello. Hello. Yay. Hello. Welcome back. <laughs> I always feel like we should come and like, hello there. <laughs> I love Mary that. Poppins. <laughs> But we don't talk like that, so. <laughs> so today we're going to be discussing the movie Miracle of the White Stallions. And Katie and I have a disclaimer here already. First we, this ever. is the first time that Amazon has failed us. And then we tried to find the movie elsewhere, just like on the interwebs, probably in ways that you shouldn't search to find a movie on the interwebs. Couldn't find anything that worked properly uh even went to a couple of our like secondhand stores and the closest place that had it was an hour away and it was snowing so we did not watch this movie (laughs) for the first time first time in almost a year we didn't get to watch it so katie and i are not gonna have 30 second disney dashes and that is what it is time for i mean basically this is grown-up kids Claire and Eddie. Featuring, featuring Megan and Katie. Yeah, featuring <laughs> us. So. Enjoy. Yeah. So, uh, it is time for the 30 second Disney Dash, but who who wants to go first? Because it's not me. <laughs> if you thought about it beforehand, maybe we could have got you to do like, it's called Miracle of the White Stallions. What do you think the plot is about? <laughs> yeah, it would have been much better than what it is. <laughs> oh, I, could, I mean, I could try. I'll come up with something. <laughs> oh, God. I could tell you what I told you before. Hold on. I want to I wanna say what Eddie told me, that all I have to know. Okay. <laughs> he said, all I have to know is Nazis are bad and horses are majestic. <laughs> so, so that was the That's movie. That's what the film blurb should be. You <laughs> <laughs> can do a two-hour two movie down. That's it. Done. Yeah. Perfect. So, I mean, I, I, I get that. I'm, I understand. Yeah. Good movie. Awesome. All right, All right. So, who's going first? I can go first. Okay. Are you? Okay. All right. Are you ready? Ready. Set. Go. It's the closing stages of World War II in Europe as the Allied forces close in on the fragmenting Third Reich on all sides. World renowned rider and trainer Colonel Podarski attempts to save his living. Lipizzana stallions preserve the breed of the Spanish ridings who they represent against the Nazis' policy of business as usual. The stallions are saved despite the attempts of ruffians to steal them and planes bombing them. They're able to put on a show for some friendly Yanks who agree to save the mares who are sent to Czechoslovakia by Nazis. Once the occupation of Austria ends, the school returns to Vienna to entertain the world once more. Woo! <laughs> I st- I'm like glad you were watching because I kind of stopped paying attention to the stopwatch. But you, but you just made it. You were at 29 seconds. Woo! That was close. Uh, Tripping words there. Uh, <laughs> I do <careful>. every time. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking a little bit too fast for me to fully understand everything you were saying with your accent. If I'm if I'm being honest, <laughs> I caught I caught. Yanks. Yeah, I was like, oh Yanks, oh <laughs> <awesome>. Nazis, <laughs> <laughs> and Austria. 
Put a, uh, a transcript in. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when I re-listen, I'll hear it better. We'll have Skype invent like subtitles or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did great. Yeah, it was good. All right, Claire, are you ready? Okay. Yes. Set. Go. Nazis causing stress at the Spanish riding school. Colonel manages to get the stallions on a train. They arrive at the castle of St. Martin's, hassle from the locals, get a visit from the piano playing general with bad news about the Hungarian riding school. Random horse napping attempt. Orders from the army, but Colonel P. totes ignores. The Yanks arrive. They have to put on a show, hoping the general will rescue the mares. General doesn't look too impressed. While Colonel P is having a moan, he decides they'll rescue the horses as a side quest to rescue some prisoners of war. They get attacked, but make it to the horses. There are way more horses than just the Lippet Zanas, but they rescue all of them anyway. Like, oh, 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 oh. oh so, so close. close. <laughs> so close. Well, from not having seen it, both of those sounded incredibly detailed in a they good did. way. Yeah. I feel like you packed it all in there. So I got that there was a attempted Horse snapping? Yes. <laughs> Horse snapping. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So instead of our 30-second Disney Dash, we figured we would throw in a synopsis that we found. Just, we're not, we're not going to time ourselves. This is just, I'm going to tell you what the movie's about. So, during the final... <clears throat> nope. Try that one again. Start over. <laughs> during the final critical <laughs> months... <laughs> <laughs> You're editing this episode. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. <laughs> During the final critical months of World War II, Colonel. They called them Colonel P. I like that. Okay. Yep. Podiski. Colonel P. I think his name's Colonel, Colonel Podiski. But yeah, I like Colonel P. Podiski. <laughs> uh, the director of the Spanish Riding School in Vienna is denied permission by General Stryker to evacuate the school's prized lip lipizin horses endangered by the bombardment of the city desperate he enlists the aid of general telheim a sympathetic german who permits colonel p and his <laughs> chief rider otto to smuggle the white stallions to the safety of an old castle belonging to the countess arco valley however the mares had earlier been transferred to czechoslovakia and colonel p is now faced with the possibility of the rare breed becoming extinct when an American advance guard arrives at the castle, Colonel P stages a performance in order to persuade General P, General Patton, <laughs> to include the Lipizan. How do you say it? Lipizan. Lipizan. Lipizana. Lipizan. Like pizza. Oh, okay. Mayors, <laughs> as uh, part of the Allied Prisoner Liberation Program, and the Spanish Riding School becomes officially protected by the United States Army. Under the command of Colonel Reed, the Lipizan <laughs> mares are rounded up from Czechoslovakia before the arrival of the Russian force and return to Colonel P, thus ensuring the continuation of the breed. Ten years later, the 212th anniversary of the riding hall, the Lipizans, <laughs> I've said it differently every time, are once more performing at the Imperial Court in Vienna. <laughs> so glad you were just like gonna go and read that synopsis because i read it before and i was like i'm gonna mess this up and then you started going for it okay have fun <laughs> i got through it you did great i don't know if it's a lipizan or a lipizan it's, it's a white pizza horse a white pizza horse that's what it is yeah all right so some history from this riveting 
White Stallion movie. It was released in 1963, and it featured Robert Taylor, who played Colonel P, Lily Palmer, and Eddie Albert. Hey, Eddie! (laughs) Based on the autobiographical novel, The Dancing White Horses of Vienna, by Colonel P. Colonel P himself? Mm -hmm. Um, So he was the retired head of the Spanish Riding School. So Miracle of the White Stallions tells the true story of the evacuation of the white pizza horses from the Spanish riding school during World War II. In the film and in real life, Colonel Peace sought the help of the U.S. Army and General George Patton in moving the horses across the country before the Nazis could attack and destroy Vienna, Austria. As a fellow hippophile, a lover of horses, in case anyone was wondering what on earth that means. I would have thought that's like a lover of hippos. I know. (laughs) Hippophile. Should be a horsephile. It is easy to see why Walt Disney chose this material for a live-action film. So large parts of this film were filmed on location at the Spanish Riding School and other areas of Vienna. Good job. I feel like that was a better description of a synopsis than the synopsis. (laughs) They kind of um, have done a couple movies in Vienna now. Because we also had the um, Vienna Boys Choir movie. Yes. Right. So I wonder if they had like an agreement, kind of like they did over in England, like they had money in England that they had to spend on filming. Right. So I don't know if maybe something like that is going on with Vienna too. Or maybe he, Walt just likes Vienna. I don't know. It's a possibility. Yep. I know he did because I think that you can ski there. Does maybe. he like ski? And I think he would go there with his family to ski. I could have pulled it. You can <laughs> ski. If you say so. Yeah, lots of skiing in Austria, yeah. Okay, maybe, I've yeah. been there before skiing. Nice. I thought that, I was, like, worried I was making that up, but I'm like, no, I swear that he would take his family somewhere to go skiing, and I think it was, I think it was Vienna. So maybe he just really liked it there. Well, if she made it up, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> making, hidden, a, making up history about Walt Disney. A hidden little nugget <laughs> of history about Mr. Disney. All right, so some fun facts that aren't really that fun. They're not fun at all? I don't know. I'll let you judge it. Here we go. Katie judged this movie hardcore before we even attempted to watch it. <laughs> I did. I should have listened to the new Mary Poppins movie where a cover is not the book. But, you know. Open it up and take a look. Yeah, but I couldn't open this one up because I couldn't find it. So I'm judging it anyway. <laughs> Alright, so. The red uniform that's used at the end of the movie is not original. The Spanish Riding School never used a red uniform. Disney found the original brown uniform too simple for a gala opening and introduced these new ones instead. So they weren't fancy enough for Mr. Disney. He had to flash them up. I like red. Yeah. Also, on film, they're going to stand out better than brown. Yeah, So true. I get it. The equestrian performances were choreographed by the real Colonel P. So Colonel P, Colonel P does appear in the end gala performance. First, just screen right of Robert Taylor, then just screen left. So that's pretty cool. That is neat. I mean, it was his book also, right? That it was based on the original story. Yeah. So I hope that a lot of this actually is very historically accurate because this guy is actually in it and he'd probably tell Walt off if it wasn't accurate. I did think the actor guy, when they, because right at the end it was like they were doing a show on the horses, like back in Vienna and everybody was really happy. And I did think the, the guy who, the actor who played Colonel P. He, he was looking like he was really concentrating because the last thing they did was all the horses sort of 
trotted towards the front of the riding school like in a perfect line and he really looked like he was concentrating so if real Colonel P was in that lineup I can imagine that's quite a bit of pressure yeah no kidding (laughs) yeah like oh my god I better get this right (laughs) yeah um the white pizza horse no try and say it come on hold on (laughs) lapitzen lapitzen Oh, that's not Lapitzen. That was oh, that was good. I did that never clicked in my head. Lapitzen. They said it for you real nice. Uh, It's it's a very confusing word, guys. It's spelled L I P I Z Z A N. Write it down. Try and say it, even though you know how to say it. It's hard. Anyway, (laughs) that horse is synonymous with the Spanish riding school in Vienna, Austria. So they're very. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, that school is known for it. I think they only exclusively use that horse there. Um, and I believe they don't use... They don't use mares. I think they only use the stallions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the Spanish Riding School, built in 1735 and named after the original Spanish heritage of the Lipitziner horses. Oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> Still remains the home of the Riding School. It was at this school... That the traditional methods for training the Lipitziners were developed. These methods are still in use. (laughs) You stumbled there a little bit. I stumbled. Stumbled. So initially, the methods for training at the riding school were passed down orally. It wasn't until 1898, almost 160 years after the opening of the school, that the first instruction guide was written. So that's totally, like, not Disney-related, just cool... That is a fun fact. Just random cool fun fact. That is a fun fact. If I do say so myself. (laughs) All right. This is is a section that's going to be a little bit difficult for me. Okay, so the next part, um, I'm really just going to intro the character, and then Claire and Eddie are going to tell us who they are. (laughs) Because I don't really know. Because they're the best. That's why. (laughs) First up, we have Colonel P. I'm going to try and say it. Pada- Padaski. We go with Padaisky. Padaisky. Sticky J in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I know um, he's our lead guy. That's, that's about all I got. So he's, well, If I think I find it easier to describe him in the sorting. So I, I would sort him as a Gryffindor because he's, <laughs> Eddie's pulling a face for all the podcast listeners who can't hear Eddie's face. Um, (laughs) is that because he's the main character and he saves the day and I'm a Gryffindor no Um, he is very passionate about his horses he's very brave he um, one of the first scenes is uh, a Nazi general comes in Uh, from the SS from the SS which is important okay (laughs) the really bad ones Um, comes into the riding school and starts causing issues mm-hmm. um and basically colonel Podaisky wants to evacuate all his horses but the germans in a similar way to in the sound of music if anyone can relate to that instead um the germans are like nothing will change it's all fine like it's like keep morale up. yes keep morale up we don't need to scare people of vienna by evacuating the school um and he gets very angry and then he comes back into the school and has a bit of a random outburst at some poor riding students. Mm. And then and then he goes back to his wife in their apartment. And the first thing he does is he throws his riding whip like onto a chair and it's just a shot of the chair with his wife in the background. And the whip <laughs> just like bounces off the chair. <laughs> and he's a bit like and it's a bit like, oh what's happening? And then 
and then he says when his wife asks him what's going on like what's wrong and he's like oh people are having foolish outbursts in the riding school I do not permit foolish outbursts in my riding school and she's like who's having foolish outbursts and he's like me (laughs) 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 so so I I would take him as a bit of a hot-headed Gryffindor I think he's very brave what what have you written there? I disagree oh Megan would probably be glad to hear that the lead character is a Slytherin in my eyes. He's um. I was. I'm not gonna lie. As you were saying that, I was like, I don't know. He sounds a little ambitious. <laughs> I mean, because, uh, yeah. Throughout the movie, is all about. He's very singly gold. I think in some of the reviews, they describe the acting as quite wooden and stale. Um, but it fitted him quite well because he was just very single-mindedly. He just was all about saving those horses. That was yeah. his one goal and ambition. doesn't matter what happens. And he was really cunning getting his way around. Like, you just know he was just playing people all the time. A bit, quite manipulative, actually, wasn't he? They wanted to get the horses on the train, and everyone's trying to get out of Vienna, so all the trains are busy. But um, he's saying to this guy, and he sees the who has to convince, who he has to convince. He sees his kids' photos, and like, oh, have you seen the horses? So oh, these wonderful children. I'm sure they've seen the horses. Like, oh, yes, they've seen the horses. Be shame if they could never see them again because they couldn't get out of Vienna. And he's like, "Why would you say that to me? <laughs> of course, I want my children to be happy." And obviously, gets his way. So I think okay. it's I think it's um it's really interesting because like ambition and bravery go so close together, and I think that that's why it's really hard to differentiate sometimes between somebody being a Slytherin and a Gryffindor. But that's just makes the character more diverse. Yeah, true. <laughs> Maybe he's a hat stall. I mean, yeah. I'll take him as a Slytherin. He sounds like a really good guy. <laughs> trying to put Claire out here. You know, she had some valent points, too. No, definitely. <laughs> but, you know, Slytherin, I gotta take it. True, true. especially a lead character. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a villain. <laughs> I mean, so all the Nazis, Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I'm, think that they're a little Gryffindor, if I say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, how about his wife? I think we both agreed that she's probably a Ravenclaw. Yeah. She often comes out, she, she often listens to him have his little rants, mm-hmm. and then she usually says something very wise and deep to him. Yeah. By the end of it, we decided um, he wouldn't have got anywhere without her because she just often, he didn't even, he would say something, she'd be like, okay, but we're going to do this because you're <laughs> just not paying attention to things or... Like when the Americans came and he's like, oh, I really need to show them that they need to help me save these horses. I need to convince them. And she's trying to, like, no, no, let's take it take it easy and play it smooth and be like, oh, hi, how are you? And be very courteous while he's like, I'm just losing yeah. his mind a bit. He's like, she's like, no, calm down. <laughs> I, like yeah, that. I like that a lot because I feel like Gryffindors and Slytherins, um, maybe not all, but need, like, like I feel like, Meg needs the Hufflepuff in me sometimes to tone down her Slytherin, and sometimes I need her Slytherin to boost up my Hufflepuff, you know what I mean? So it, I like how you're describing how they complement each other that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is true. Sometimes I need to light a fire under you, and sometimes you need to fizzle mine a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> that and I can see well Ravenclaw then. being yeah. good for that, yeah. too. Yeah. It was near the end, I think, and mm. he's sort of being a bit moody and down and he's just stood at the window sort of staring out 
and then and then he's just saying something and then she just like doesn't really say anything to acknowledge what he said she just goes something like the rain makes you moody and then like walks out or something <laughs> just like I mean if that's not Ravenclaw <laughs> it's very insightful <laughs> that's funny yeah she's kind of like the secret hero of the movie in a way I think sure just kind of nudges things in the right path for him so he because he's, he's he's on the right way but every now and again he tries veering off because he just gets ideas in his head and, and she just nudges him back on and there's little touches around which is which is pretty good. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's a good relationship. Yeah, definitely. How about General Telheim? He's quite interesting, isn't he? Because he's a, one of the German generals. But he's actually he's really close to General Podaski mm. and helps him out a lot in terms of like when they're trying to get the horses out. Oh, I've still got uh, this order about, but you need to get tr- there's uh, treasures to be taken out of Austria. Perhaps there, you have certain treasures that you'd also like to get out, and he's like, "Oh, I see." Wink, wink. Yeah. So mm-hmm. take the horses out and to pull wagons of misc treasure, but but actually they're getting the horses out, which I thought was quite slithering because that was a very good idea, mm-hmm. good cunning idea. Yeah, yeah. He's very, he's just a very helpful, nice guy. So what house are we going to put him in? What do you think? Well, I said I said slithering because. I think he was. It was just the way in which he said it as well. And then after they'd, after he'd suggested this idea about getting the horses out under the quote treasures theme, um, he did say, "You realise I could be double crossing you to Colonel Podaisky," and and then Colonel Podaisky was just like, "I'm gonna take the risk." <laughs> and then they sort of like shook hands, and then it was all like good. But it was just like the fact that he said that I was a bit like, "Oh, is is he double crossing him?" <laughs> But then he wasn't, and it was all fine. I'm entrusting you with my white pizza. Do yeah. not be trained. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that this noble, ancient breed of horses. That <laughs> Leave it to us to trash some tradition. <laughs> all right, so how about Otto? Is his name actually Ryder Otto, or is he just a horse rider named Otto? It's a horse rider named Otto. Yeah. That's all we know about him. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, like uh, Colonel Podaski's right-hand man of sorts. Sure. Of the riders, I would say. Yeah. What do you have to say about Oh, uh, he's the one who sings the song, right? Yes. He has a great singing voice. Mm, there's a That's song. That's the main thing I remember about him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the um, song on a slight side note was written by the Sherman Brothers, wasn't it? Oh, yes, it was. I, I saw them in the credits and I was like, oh... <laughs> Sherman Brothers, hi there. <laughs> I can't believe they didn't come up in any fun facts. That's disappointing to me. Usually the Sherman Brothers do. Yeah. Hmm. By now it's like, eh, they've showed up enough. Can't mention them anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's like it wasn't a musical. It was just like a random scene where they were yeah, sat in the a little bar pub. type thing in Vienna still. Having a little soldier sing song. A drink, because all the riders were going to be sent back to the, to the front sure. by the Germans yes. because... They're losing the war, so they're sending as many people as they can up. So they were just about to leave before they escaped from uh, Vienna. Oh, welcome to Disney. You gotta throw a song in or some kind of animation, like in, uh, yeah. Is it so dear to my heart? It was like a that random animation. animation in the middle of it, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we're not surprised. <laughs> yeah. We're used to this. All right, so last but not least, we have Major Hoffman. 
I've immediately forgotten which one he was. This is the helpful American. Oh, yes. So he's delightful. As, as they all arrive, he gets there. He's, he's fairly young, isn't he? And he's, he's just quite bright-eyed and, like, perky. Yeah. And he's just got a, quite a The war's a nice essentially over at this point, isn't it? Well, yeah. And then the, the, the Americans horse. turn up at the place where they've managed to escape to with the horses. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, the Americans in general, I think, are portrayed as quite stupid, aren't they, really? Yeah. And sort of, no. like... More so the privates, I suppose. Yeah. Hey guys, yeah. tread lightly. I'm just kidding. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like they're portrayed well. as. <laughs> um, this is just what the movie says. It's not our opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and they're sort of when the the next morning when they arrive, they're sort of like laying around everywhere because they've not really anything to do. Yeah. But then um, I can't remember how Major Hoffman comes into it. Does he, be, he becomes interested in the horses, doesn't he? Because he knows something about the horses. Well, no, it's because he he's, um, he's seen them before and heard about them before because uh, Colonel Podaski was at the Olympics. Oh. So I presume it was the Olympics in Germany just before the war started. That was the last Olympics before the war. So it would have been there. And they uh, he performed there. And uh, was it performed or did they do the equestrian riding? It, yeah, he would have done the equestrian riding. So so he's seen them and saw, oh, these, you're great, these are great, I'm really... Like he was like he's meeting a celebrity. Yeah, he was like really like oh this is great to 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 meet you. I love your horses. And from then it took his his own little mission to try and help help them save the mares that were trapped in uh, Czechoslovakia. Um, perhaps a key point of that is that the Americans had reached uh, Vienna, but the Russians were coming from the opposite side. So the, uh, Czechoslovakia was in the Russian side, and they were worried the Russians would kill them. Kill, kill the mares or to, for, for, to use as meat to uh, feed their soldiers, and without them, the breed would die. So, and they'd already decided they shouldn't go past into that area. So, uh, it was a big decision for the Americans to make to cross the the line of a uh, succession. So he helped Colonel Podaisky by saying, "Oh, uh, the the general, Colonel. I, I'm so bad with army like titles. Oh, so am so I. Okay. Yeah. The the general." who is in charge of the Americans who are up, he says, oh, he, he is quite interested in horses. So maybe if you put on a show, put on a show for him with the horses, then he'll be a bit more interested in them and he'll want to help you carry on the breed because essentially without the mares, they obviously can't carry on the breed. I think he's, I'd, I'd like to put him as a Hufflepuff. Yeah, he's just really out there to help, help people, really, it seems. He's got, uh, he's got a good spirit. Yeah. All right, well... Do you guys want to tell us your favourite scene and character? Sure. Hmm. My favourite character... Can I pick a horse? Um, <laughs> I think his wife is my favourite character. She, Colonel Podaisky's wife. She just always comes in with something smart to say. And then it's always, it always seems to be the right thing to say. Like when they're practising for the show, Colonel Podaisky's annoyed because he thinks that the, the soldiers just think they're a bit of a freak show and something funny to look at but she's sort of and he's there with like a glum face looking all grumpy and she's like she says something about like you must smile at strangers and they'll smile back at you or something and she's just there trying to pour them the coffee and with a big smile on her face and he's like mm. <laughs> <laughs> so i think she's my favorite do you want to see your favorite character same same yeah oh. yeah because especially because at the beginning she it, when you first see her in I suppose she, she would have fit into a usual stereotype of uh, 
oh, she's just going to be, She's. they seem to come from quite a bit of money as well and she'd just be flouncing mm. around not doing too much. But then she got, she showed herself to have so much more, more personality than that and became a really important character to the movie. So, yeah, as we discussed, she was just yeah, a good a good person to, a good person for Colonel Podaski to have. I think just based on everything that you guys said, I, I, I'm assuming, I think she probably would have been my favourite too because she just seems like she holds the story together pretty much yeah i agree she's the glue yeah um my favorite scene i mean to be if i'm being honest it's either the credit sequence at the start because it's just shots of beautiful horses prancing around in fields they've got their little foals running around with them so that that was a nice scene um and but then i also liked the um the bit where they did the show because I think I, I, I expected a lot more of the Lippet Town horses actually doing what they can do throughout the film, but there wasn't that much of it. They did two long shows. There was a lot of No, them. I enjoyed the shows. <laughs> <laughs> there weren't enough shows in a two-hour film called The Miracle of the White Stallion. <laughs> Not enough for me. But yeah, I think they were my favourite scenes. I, I appreciate horses and horsemanship. <laughs> Are you a hippophile? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so my favourite scene was uh, when they got to St. Martin's, which was where they escaped to. They were taken in by the Countess there, whose uh, husband was in a concentration camp for disagreeing with the Nazis. And um, General Telheim, the Nazi, uh, not Nazi, so the German general who helped him get out of Vienna, uh, he comes over to give them a heads up that uh, Vienna had fallen and a few other little tidbits that essentially the war's pretty much coming to an end and uh, they play uh, play some piano and they're, they're all having drinks and it's all very pleasant with each other and they have a, a just a, a good scene mainly between General Telheim and the Countess discussing how uh, how wondering how they got into this position of the war and it was just a, it was just a very somber and poignant discussion about how General Telheim must have been he must have been in the army before, but then obviously Hitler was elected into position and he was already in the army. So that's just how things happened. And he couldn't, before he, before they know it, um, he's in a war uh, with the world and he's a bit like, what, what am I doing here? Um, and the council says, it's it's like, how did, he's saying, how did we let this happen? The council's like, oh, don't blame everyone too much. It's things, people don't let them happen completely. It's a slow creep over time. And before you know it, you look around and like, how did we end up in this position? So, uh, but he was quite hard on himself and like, well, I could have made better choices and done a lot better. And then that's the last you see of him. So it's quite sad in a way, but he's ended up in this, uh, this, uh, this position that he found himself in. You can tell who the history buff is. Yeah. <laughs> My baby claw showing. I felt like yeah, your baby claw showing. I feel like in our thirty second Disney dashes as well. Eddie's was quite like timeline based, like history points and stuff. And mine were like the horses did this, then the horses did that, then this happened, then the horses got saved, and this happened. The horses did a show. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! <laughs> it just means that you balance each other out. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'd like to give an honourable mention for second favourite scene. So mm-hmm. um, there was a, well, after they decided they were going to put on a show for the American general, there was a, a scene where the uh, the American soldiers 
were waking up. So the the fanfare was playing, and then but then there was also this like comedic music that was like sort of like bop 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 bop, and then they were all like getting out of bed and like yawning, like oh, like really comedic, which was quite a different tone from the rest of the film, I thought. And then they all come out of the like room they're all staying in the hut with their like toothbrushes and stuff, and they're all like half dressed, and then all the the Lippitzan riders are already out dressed in their full regalia practicing and one of the soldiers just goes oh no one rises before an American soldier or something and I was like okay <laughs> like they were just trying to make this big point that they were like really dedicated to their practice as horse like horse riders and I was like it was just a really strange turn in the tone of the film just for that one scene but I appreciated it <laughs> I feel like I would have picked something like that yeah yeah <laughs> All right, so do you guys have a least favorite scene? I think my least favorite scene is, is easy. There was um, when they eventually decided to go and save the, well, they decided to go save prisoners of war, right? I'm looking yeah. at Eddie for my history. I'm corrections here. Yeah, they're yeah. just going to get yeah, some prisoners then, of war. They knew about in Czechoslovakia. Yeah, and then as a side quest, they were like, oh, we'll go save the horses too. Mm-hmm. Um, but on their way there, the, 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 SS. the SS knew that they were coming um and then there was this whole scene where there was like guns and tanks and stuff and I, I totally turned off for that scene so <laughs> that was probably my least favorite scene I was like oh war stuff <laughs> so that's that's my least favorite scene <laughs> don't judge me <laughs> well don't judge me that my oh, favorite no. scene is probably the horse show but it seemed to go on forever and it happened twice <laughs> <laughs> double torture <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, which is a shame because I should have accepted it since it's Miracle of the White Stallions. It was about the horses, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Uh, Girls are basically like flip-flopped. Yep. Yeah. Oh, do we have to do a character? Sure. I don't know. There weren't that many dislikable characters. Probably the lead ruffian, for use of a better word, oh, who yeah. tried to steal the horses. He was just a bit of a slimy character. He was like a local... Yeah, there's quite a few refugees in the in the in where where the countess lived, and she was supporting loads of people. But they were like, some guy snuck in to try and steal something. He's like, oh, I'm stealing blankets for my my uh, family and my kids. We have to sleep on the floor. And he's like, well, why have you got a saddle as well? That's not going to keep you your people warm. And they're like, um, well, uh, my kid needs it. And he's like, you had two kids before. And he's like, and this other guy comes like, oh, why are you bullying this man? Leave him alone. He's just trying to help himself, and he's just really slimy and. Just not nice. And yeah. then later on, they beat up poor rider Otto yeah. and uh, Otto. try and steal the horses. So he's it's not very nice. No. I think I might have to agree with you on that. I was going to say something about one of the characters being boring, but that is a pretty horrible thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> it was a very weird situation. It was sort of like he was... Otto was on guard, wasn't he, for the horses or something? And then, yeah, they just came and like, att- oh, yeah, because he was in charge of the horse napping attempt as well. Yeah, yeah, and they were just going to steal one of the beautiful horses and like essentially eat it. And I was like, no, like I understand they're starving, but and they weren't going to eat it; they're just going to escape on them. On all of them. Yeah, because the troops were coming in. Oh, okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> No, no horse napping is not okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, maybe after they escaped, they planned to eat them. Right, well, probably. Maybe. Yeah. Spare a couple. And that's not yeah. nice. No. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. The big question. What did you take away from it? Oh, I have a takeaway, actually. Okay. Nazis are bad and horses are majestic. <laughs> all you need. All you need. <laughs> all I, need. <laughs> I guess I could pull a takeaway. Like I'm I'm getting a vibe of like, you know, follow what you believe in. Stand up for what you believe in. This follow guy your gut. Yeah, this guy really cared for these horses and he even risked being double crossed to save them, you know, like it yeah. could have could have worked out horribly, you know. But it all worked out in the end. I mean, like, if my cats were in danger, I would do something like this to make sure that they got to safety. Mm-hmm. Of course. Because they're the best. Yep. And there's only one Iggy in the entire world, and we can't let anything happen to Iggy. And there's only so many white pizza horses, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think my takeaway, I mean, similar to you guys, but I think as more especially, um, as well as putting putting other things before yourself, more... I mean, I, I want to say art, but I, I mean, I suppose it is an art. The yeah. horses are an art. Culture as well. I think culture and, and art need to be saved and appreciated mm-hmm. because if they're not, if they're sacrificed in the place of war, w- what is the world going to be like to live in after the war if there's nothing left? Yeah. Like, you've got to appreciate it's kind of these. Walking things. Dead esque. Do you guys watch The Walking Dead? No. I think we watched like the first two episodes at one point and then we forgot about it. Yeah. Well, (laughs) this season, uh, Dan Fogler is actually in it. Jacob from Fantastic Mm. Beasts. Sure. So he's like a new character and he is a, he was a music teacher before Mm. the zombie apocalypse. So his like, his whole thing through the season so far is that he collects instruments that he finds because he's like, well... What happens if this ever ends? Like, we're never going to have any of any, like, wh- like we should keep music alive. Like, music is what brings people together. And and mm-hmm. I think that that kind of can, it was just like listening to you say that. I was like hearing Jacob's little monologue that he had. I call him Jacob <laughs> on the show. I honestly don't know his name on the show because I'm just like, oh, look, there's Jacob. <laughs> yeah. um, but he like had this monologue just about like culture and music and art and how, even in a zombie apocalypse, it's important to make sure that we keep some of that alive because this could end one day and then we'll have lost all of it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I guess my takeaway is probably from related to my favorite scene in the fact that people might be in perhaps the, the army or serving their country and they do it to serve their country and the people in it, I'd say. But then particularly in World War Two, when you just have to consider um, you're fighting against the Nazis, but the people that are fighting, that you're fighting, are actually German citizens and people that either they don't know, they think they're fighting for a different reason, or they just suddenly ended up in this position where they thought they were fighting for their country, but actually it's being led by crazy people that have slunk into power, and now they're they're in a totally different situation, and essentially trapped, and they can't do anything, so it's just quite sad that you uh, you go in with one with an idea to do one thing like uh, protect your country and you end up almost destroying it uh, without without your without wanting to I suppose mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and trying to think about individuals in the individual as well rather than the, hmm. the collective yeah yeah again yeah. history buff yeah <laughs> I like it but it's good <laughs> All right, so do you guys have any final thoughts on the movie before I move on to our Disney memory? 
Well, I'd say it's, a, it's, it's, it's quite an odd Disney movie. It doesn't really fit yeah. as a Disney movie. It's a very good... I, I, I like it as a movie, more so as an old movie that you'd watch. It doesn't have some of the modern trimmings, particularly in terms of, like, plot. It doesn't do the whole, oh, you think it's going this way? Plot twist, it's over here. It's just, like, it just follows the narrative, and it's quite simple in that sense. But, um, and it's also quite historically accurate. There was no random musicals or animation. <laughs> it was just quite a serious movie, which was a bit different for Disney. Um but yeah, they, uh, and yeah, it was it was quite historically accurate as well, and not even just in your face stuff, just little passing comments every now and again, which were yeah. Like General Telheim said, "Oh, um, I've got no friends in the army anymore after after the uh, assassination attempt," and that's all he says. But he's referring to when a group of generals in the uh, the German army tried to assassinate Hitler and failed. So it's just they've got lots of little tidbits of true history. But I suppose they had to be quite accurate anyway, because this was, what, 19, what year are we in now? 63, I think. Three. It's not not that long after. It's still relatively fresh. So, But yeah, it's it's quite good. Yeah, that's a good point. Honestly, I do kind of want to watch it. I, and like, shout out to you guys and the listeners for being patient with us on this episode, because... (laughs) We re- like we really did try to find it and we couldn't. And like normally, I'm not kidding. I can sit down on my coat <laughs> on my couch and tell Alexa to search for the movie, and she always finds it. And she failed. <laughs> Alexa failed. You me. failed, Alexa. But um, but yeah, and I'm just based on like what you guys are talking. Like I, it does sound like a like a long movie, sort of dry, mm-hmm. maybe, and but... somewhat dry at times. But like the narrative of it and everything is really is really good and I think that it would it's kind of similar to some of the movies we did in Podmas where we were like oh we're not gonna like this but then like sitting down and watching it like it wasn't the best movie I've ever watched but it honestly wasn't a bad movie you know that or we just had two great storytellers here true maybe you guys told it better than the movie maybe I mean I just on that storyteller point maybe we should say in case like hardly any other people managed to find the movie it was a happy ending they did rescue the mayor <laughs> and they all made it back to Vienna yeah I feel like I should say that <laughs> but yeah yeah I won't say I would go to watch it again but I don't regret watching it no it was good it, it wasn't gripped at the seats at all the time no just in and out of it but on the whole yeah it was, it was pretty good good story and a true story Good true stories are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're not. Maybe they just need telling. Maybe that's the issue. <laughs> Probably. All right, you ready for it? Mm-hmm. The Disney memory? Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. I love listening to the Disney memories. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. <laughs> All right, so this Disney memory comes from Brenna Featherston. She says, hey, y'all, I just recently discovered your podcast, and I've been binging it ever since. Hey, thanks. I love the takes you all have on everything and your enthusiasm about all things Disney. Plus, your fun facts are really interesting, and I feel like I've learned a lot. That's like a direct shout-out to me. Brenna, you're (laughs) awesome. Uh, I wanted to share one of my favorite Disney memories. This happened my freshman year of high school, and it was the year that the Pixie Hollow meet-and-greet opened in Toontown, R.I.P., My family had decided to rope drop Toontown on our last day in order to not have to wait in the massive lines that the area was getting, and we were just chatting up the cast member there and talking about how excited we were. The cast member asked us if we wanted to be the family to open the area, and we definitely said yes. We got to lead... 
We got led to where Mickey and Minnie would do their meet and greet and got to have a private hangout with them. And then Mickey and Minnie took us around to tour their house and show us around. That's so cool. That's awesome. We also got to be the first family in line at Pixie Hollow. So we got extra time with Tinkerbell, Rosetta, and Iridessa. Did I say that right? Mm -hmm. It was such a magical moment full of so many characters and character interactions. And it was the perfect end to our Disney trip. Hope y'all have a magical day. Brenna, thank you so much. That's so yeah, cool. Thank you. I wonder that's if cute. that's Disney. No, it must be Disney World because it Toontown still exists in Disneyland. So, but that's really that's cool. True, I didn't true. know that they had put a Pixie because the only Pixie Hollow I know is the one that was like at the Main Street Theater with Mickey. But yeah. this was even before that, so they must have combined it back there. That's cool. Yeah, and like, who gets a tour? Who gets a house tour from Mickey and Minnie themselves? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I really I used to love Mickey and Minnie's houses. It's yeah. so cute. <laughs> I know. I love them. I really miss Toontown, honestly. Yeah, when we got to go to Disneyland, we're like, oh, Toontown, it's still here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks for sharing our memory. Yeah. Um, and if you would like to share your Disney memory, just send us an email at grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com. It could be anything Disney related. Just shoot it our way and we'll be sure to feature it on a future episode. Yep. So, I want to give a super huge, enormous shout out to Claire and Eddie today because I don't think they realized that it was going to be their show. <laughs> um, <laughs> they were super informative about this movie. Like, I feel like I know way more about it now, yeah. even though I didn't even watch it. So, honestly, like, thank you guys, superstars. You're amazing. Yeah, thank you a lot. I hope it wasn't too boring for everybody no. who didn't get to watch the film. <laughs> talking about all the generals and colonels and people who I feel you looking at me here in the facts <laughs> <laughs> well I wasn't well, I wasn't you. bored no not at all so <laughs> good I thought it was great it's gonna be great it's gonna be great it's gonna be great Tigger mm -hmm. okay alright so Grown Up Kids can be found on Podbean, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. So make sure you subscribe so you can be sure to get our latest episode as soon as it's available. You can also find us on social media and join in on the conversation. We're on Facebook at Grown Up Kids Disney Podcast and Instagram at Grown Up Kids Pod. You can also follow us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Grown Up Kids Pod to gain access to our biweekly episodes on there as well. Um, our Extra Magic Hours episodes, which are featuring the direct-to-video movies. We just did Bambi 2 last week. Super so we're cute. trying to, like, go back in time a little bit and correlate all of the direct-to-video ones we're doing on Patreon with movies that we have already talked about on the regular podcast. So next week is... The Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride live action movie, which yeah. looks real interesting. Oh my so. goodness. If you're, <laughs> if you're a Monty Python fan, it has a lot of those people in it, so. John Cleese is in it, mm -hmm. who is nearly headless Nick in Harry Potter. <gasps> oh my god. I'm excited now. Did you not make that connection? <laughs> nope, just did oh, now. I was okay. today years old. Well, he's in it, so we'll see how this is. Uh, but you can support us on Patreon, and then gain access to all those episodes. Uh, also, you will, nope, you can join our Facebook discussion group, which is where I have posted the list of all of the movies that we're going to talk about on the regular podcast, and along with all of the availability, so you can see if anything is open that you might want to join us on, like Claire and Andy did. Hopefully, we'll have watched the movie whenever you join us, though, so it can be more of like a 
discussion. So they deserve something. I know. I don't know <laughs> what, but something. <laughs> no, Your very don't. own white pizza horse. That's what you <laughs> deserve. You you buy me a white stallion any day, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so if you are interested in joining us on an episode, just message us on Facebook or send us an email at grownupkidspodcast at gmail.com, or you can comment on that post in our discussion group. Thank you so much for listening, and make sure to watch the sequel to Old Geller, Savage Sam, ahead of our next episode. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, adults are only kids grown up anyway. All come to this happy place. Welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future.